Open your Bibles, if you would, to Genesis chapter 22. Genesis 22. If you don't know where that's at, go to the go to the end of your Bible and hang a left. You'll get there eventually. Yeah, say so yeah, I'll sign up for the class. <laughs> that should be the first thing. Yeah. Oh. You know, one of the classes, I don't remember what class it was in college, but I did have a class in college that one of the one of the tests that we had was you had to do all the books of the Bible, spell them correctly <laughs> and in order. Uh, and and I got an A on that test. I, I got it. I man, but I was sweating bullets. Oh, gazillions of times. You, you know, you, how many of you know how to spell Zephaniah? Okay, just just saying. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, there were a couple that really. But anyway. Um, Oh, there you go. But you only have 45 minutes to take the test. Now I'm going to push the one out. Wow. Yeah, that that is a thought. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Genesis chapter 22. We're hopefully going to finish up tonight uh, what I've been calling the Trail to Mount Moriah. Uh, we've obviously been talking about the journey of Abraham. Um, and, you know, one of the things that I, I think that really stands out to me in, in, in Abraham's life is the fact that there are times when our trials bring us to the door of impossible. And we definitely see this in the life of, of, of Abraham, where... Uh, uh, you know the birth of Isaac, and then the and then the the sacrifice of Isaac, and and just over and over and over. Uh, we'll talk about that in a minute. But um, uh, over and over and over, uh, God showed Himself to Abraham, and uh, He will do the same for us. Um, the first point that we talked about is the request in verses 1 and 2 of uh, uh, Genesis 22. It says, And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt or test Abraham and said unto Abraham, and, and he said, Behold, here am I. And he said, Take now thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah and offer him there is a burnt offering uh, unto one of the mountains, <clears throat> which I will tell thee of. Dear Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you again for your word and the power of your word and the fact that we serve a God of the impossible. We are so grateful and thankful. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Abraham was... Uh, very accustomed to uh, exercising faith, if you would. Uh, we talked about this. Uh, he, he, God said, hey, I want you to leave the, 
the land of your fathers, the, the, the Ur, the Chaldees, and I want you to go to an, a strange place. And, you know, obviously back then, he didn't have Google Earth or anything. And, I mean, it was, he, he literally had to trust God. And he stepped out in faith. And then Lot and Sodom and Gomorrah and all of that situation. And, and there's a lot we could talk about there, but we're, for time's sake, we're, we're just going to keep moving on. Uh, then Hagar and Ishmael uh, was another big obstacle that uh, Abraham had in his life where he had to learn how to trust God. Then the second point that we talked about is, is the response and that he had an immediate response. Um, uh, letter A under, under that was the fact that he had an immediate response. Abraham uh, showed incredible faith. And God said, go, and he went. <clears throat> George Mueller said this, Faith does not operate in the realm of the possible. There is no glory for God in that which is humanly possible. Faith begins where man's powers end. And um, I, I like that quote. And, uh, and it is so true, so very true. So tonight we're picking up at point, uh, point B where we left off two weeks ago, I guess. Yeah, where we left off two weeks ago. Uh, down in verse 8 of uh, Genesis 22. And Abraham said, My son, go, excuse me, God will provide himself a lamb for the burnt offering. So they went both of them together. Letter B, uh, faithful obedience. They were, he, was, he showed not only immediate obedience, but faithful obedience. Um, Abraham had to remind Isaac that God would provide himself a lamb. What a wonderful example of faithful obedience. Abraham had obeyed God before. We, we, we talked about it. But I believe that he was confident that if the situation in which he was about to embark on, if, if he did have to sacrifice his son Isaac, I believe with all of my heart, in fact, the, the New Testament backs me up on this, that he believed that God would, that God would have raised him from the dead. That is faith. That is obedient faith. Faith is in God makes optimist out of us. As I as I I, I, I read an illustration and, and I thought, wow, this is this is incredible. I, I wish, I, I hope and I pray that if I am ever in this situation, I look at it the same way as Adoniram Judson. Adoniram Johnson was a missionary to the country of Burma. And <clears throat> he was, for a, a period of time, was imprisoned uh, because of his faith in Jesus Christ. And Adoniram Judson, laying in a filthy jail cell with 32 pounds of chain around his ankles and feet, bound to a bamboo pole, 
with a sneer with a sneer on his face a fellow prisoner said to dr judson he said dr judson what about the pros- the prospect of the conversion of the heathen his instant reply was this the prospects are just as good now as they were before because the promises of god never change I, I, I read that and I thought, wow. Faith, oh, faithful obedience can bring optimism into our lives. And we can see through obstacles and problems and give glory and praise to God through them. What an incredible, incredible thing. Hebrews chapter 11, verses 1 through 3 Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by the elders obtained a good report. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. You know, it is... is, Hard to imagine, at least it is for me. I, 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 I can't speak for everybody. For me, it's hard to imagine that God has the ability to just say, poof, there's an earth. Oh, I'm going to create trees. You know, and just from nothing, create everything. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. But without faith it is impossible to please Him. For he that cometh to God must believe that He is, and that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. Abraham's trail of faith that we've been talking about shows us many times that he simply just trusted God. No matter what was going on in his, in his little world, Abraham had this incredible ability to trust God. And as I was thinking about this, I, 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 I could not help but think of my own trail of faith, if you would. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to disappoint you guys. Okay, are you ready for this? I've made mistakes along the way. I know, I know, Cindy, get a hold of yourself. Okay. I've made a bunch of mistakes. But so did Abraham. Abraham, if you go back and read, read the life of Abraham, he made some pretty big, pretty big mistakes. In fact, he told his wife to lie. I don't, have I ever done that? I don't know. I've probably come close, um, but no, seriously. And, and as I as I looked at this, the life of this man, and we and we we we, I, I want to be careful how I say this. We have a tendency to put people like Abraham up on a pedestal, and we say, "Oh, if I only had that kind of faith." But if I, I can guarantee, if we could somehow get Abraham to walk through those doors he would just say, you know what? I just simply trusted God. That's all I did. 
And that's all we need to do in our trail of faith. His trail of faith led to Mount Moriah. Point number three. And this is really kind of getting to the whole point of this whole series that we've been doing is the result of faith. The result of faith, number three. The result of faith. I want to start off by asking two questions. The first question is this. Does God test us simply to see how much pressure we can handle? Okay. The second question. Does he test us to determine how strong our faith is? Okay? The answer is what, Je- what, what Angie said. He knows. Okay? He, he knows how much faith we have. He knows how much we can handle. So let me ask those two questions again. In a different way. Why does God put us to the test? Exactly. So that we will grow our faith. Now, I I think I said this last time, but let me say it again. I, I, I believe with all my heart that if Abraham, before he left Ur of Chaldees, had had um, Isaac and God said, Isaac, before you before you leave Ur of Chaldees, I want you to sacrifice your son. Do you think Abraham would have done it then? I don't think he would have. Because if you look at the life of Abraham, his journey of faith got stronger and stronger as he went along. And our, our lives are no different. How do we learn to trust God? We, we learn to trust God in the small things. And then when, when little bit bigger things come along, we are able to step out in faith and say, okay, okay, I'll do that. But I can guarantee, I know this for an absolute fact, if Let's see, we've been here 15 years. If 20 years ago, God had said, I want you to go to Fernley, Nevada and plant a church, I would have ran the other direction because my faith wasn't quite there yet. And God had to keep continually growing me. The result of faith. To build our faith. What about to be an example to others? I mean, we're still talking about Abraham, are we not? But what about to be an example to others? You know, um, Darlene shared what her son said to her during revival. No, we need this. What was he? That he, he was just an example to his siblings. See, that's what faith does. It grows us and we become examples. 
It increases our spiritual capacity. And it helps us to enjoy a meaningful relationship with our Savior. Because look at it this way, at least this is the way I look at it. The closer, the the, the stronger my faith gets, the closer relationship I have with him. And the more time I want to spend with him. And the more time I spend with him, guess what? My faith gets stronger. It's a process. And we have seen we, we have seen this through the life of Abraham all the way through the journey to Mount Moriah. Second Corinthians chapter one, verses three and four. Blessed uh, be God, even the Father of uh, our Lord uh, Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, whom comforteth us in all our tribulation that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we are ourselves are comforted of God. Do you think quite possibly that maybe some of the struggles that you are going through or have gone through, if for no other reason, is so that you can help someone else. I know for a fact that my wife and I have experienced things that during the, the time of the, 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 the challenges or the tests, if you would, I'm thinking of, of the fact when we lost our first child, we still to this day don't understand why. How, how far along were you? 20 weeks. 20 weeks. Um, we still to this day don't understand it. But God has used that in our lives that we've been able to sit in emergency rooms with people that are going through it and say, hey, we've been there. We know the hurt. Now, every case is a little different. I get that. But the fact that we've been through it really helps. And there are things that, that maybe quite possibly that you have gone through in your life. And God is saying, hey, you know what? You need to go through this so that down the road you can help someone else going through a similar situation. See, we don't know. We don't know. But see, God has the plan. He, he sees it all. All he asks of us is obedience. So, under results of faith, letter A, Abraham prepares to sacrifice. Look at verse 9. And they came to the place which God had told him of, and Abraham built an altar there and laid wood in, in order and bound Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son. Again, I want to point out, I pointed it out before, but I still want to make an emphasis here. Uh, a, uh, Isaac was not a small child. He was, uh, most theologians believe he was in his 20s or 30s at this point. 
Uh, he could have very easily overpowered his father, uh, but he didn't. And we, one of the weeks that we've been talking about this, we paralleled a lot uh, between um, the picture um, of Isaac and, and Christ. Um, so, um, but here, Abraham finds himself in a moral dilemma. And we, we talked about this as well, this moral dilemma. Uh, <clears throat> God... Well, let, let me put it to you this way. Abraham was asked by God to sacrifice his most precious possession, his son. And as I was thinking about this, I thought, I thought wow, I wonder what my most precious possession is. Now, I won't tell you what I came up with because that's not important. But I, my thought was, am I willing to give it to God? What is your most precious possession? I don't know the, if, if you were not here for the revival. Um, Tim um, Schmidt, I think it was on Thursday night, said this. I could be wrong on the night, but he basically he said this. He said, I had to learn to give my wife to God. In essence, what was he saying? Hello? His wife was his most precious possession. And it all belongs to God. And so in, in essence, was he not sacrificing his wife to God? So let me ask you, what is your most precious possession? And are you willing to sacrifice it to God? Could be could be a thing. It could be a person, a, a spouse, a child. But are you willing to sacrifice your most precious possession to God? See, really, that is the core, at least I think, that is the core of this whole story. Now, there is a picture here. It's a wonderful picture of Jesus Christ. Because what did God give you and me? His most precious possession. His only son. The parallels of Jesus Christ and Isaac are incredible. Uh, uh, Jesus Christ laid down his life. Isaac could have very easily fought back, but yet he, he laid down his life. So many parallels, and we've, we've, we've talked about it. I'm not going to go down this. <clears throat> Philippians chapter 2 and verse, verses 7 and 8. Um, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in the fashion of men, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even 
the death of the cross. God was pleased with Abraham's faith. Look at verse 15. And the angel of the Lord called unto Abraham out of heaven the second time and said, <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> By myself have I sworn, saith the Lord, for because thou hast done this thing and hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, that in blessing I will bless thee, and in multiplying I will multiply thy seed as the stars of the heaven and as the sand which is upon the seashore. And thy seed shall possess the gate of his enemy. And in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed because thou hast obeyed the voice of the Lord. Blessing. Why? Because he was obedient. The result. I have three more questions for you. Okay? Three more. Question number one. Is a willingness to sacrifice an evident uh, an evidence uh, of a faithful life? Okay. Question number two. Are we willing to serve and honor the Lord with the things in life which we hold dear? Question number three. Are we reluctant to sacrifice our time, talents, and treasure when called upon God to do so? You know, there... Well, let me, let me throw out another question. What are you willing not to give up? What is that one thing that you will just not give God? I can tell you right now, that is the very thing He wants. I, obviously, I don't know what it is. And we all have that thing. What is your thing? That is the very thing that He wants from you. See, those three questions, well, four questions, really. Nobody can answer those but you. You know, we can prepare our hearts and our lives to be like Abraham. When God calls us to do something, to obediently respond to that thing. We can say that we would be willing to sacrifice whatever it is that we want to hold on to. But the reality is, will we? So the result of faith. Abraham, uh, letter A, Abraham prepared to sacrifice. 
And then to me, one of the most precious points of this whole, this whole series that we've been doing is letter B, God provides a replacement. God provides a replacement. Look at verse 11. And the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, Here am I. And he said, Lay not thine hand upon the lad. When That's when uh, uh, Isaiah went, oh, or uh, Isaac, excuse me. Oh, Neither do, thee, do thou anything unto him. For now I know that thou fearest God, seeing thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, <clears throat> behind him a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up as a burnt offering in the stead of his son. And Abraham called the place Jehovah-Jireh, as it is said to this day in in the the mount of the lord it shall be seen i threw a curveball to chris today and i i i said hey can you well actually i threw a curveball to my wife too um because i came across a quote that fit in here really really well and i wanted to share it with you but I didn't want to just read it. I wanted you to read it because I think it will have more impact this way. So, Chris, if you could, please. It is important to remember God... Yeah, 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 this is the quote, yeah. Okay, God is more likely to reward our obedience with an explanation than he is to give an explanation to encourage our obedience. Paul Chapel. I read this and I I had to read it like three or four times to really kind of grab hold of what I believe uh, Paul Chapel is trying to say here. God is more likely to reward our obedience with an explanation than He is to give an explanation to encourage our obedience. I believe, simply put, what what the author Paul Chapel is trying to say here is God wants us to trust Him first and foremost. It's really that simple. God never... And and I want to be careful here because what I'm about to say, um, I, I don't want to be misunderstood, okay? Gideon is one of the, I think, the Bible's coolest people, okay? Gideon is a pretty, pretty neat guy. Um... He, he accomplished some really cool stuff for God. And God never condemns Gideon for putting out a fleece. Have you ever noticed that? You know, Gideon said, okay, God, I'm going to put out a fleece. And I don't remember which one comes first, but 
he says, okay, I want the ground to be dry and the fleece to be wet in the morning. And then, and then, and then he wanted to be extra, extra careful to make sure he was doing the will of God. And then he puts out the fleece the next day and he says, okay, God, now do it the opposite way this time. Make the fleece wet and the dry ground or whatever. I think I just messed it up. But anyway, you, you know what I'm talking about. But God never condemns Gideon for doing that. And there have been times in my life that I put fleeces out because I, I just wasn't quite sure what God wanted me to do. And I just felt like I needed that extra assurance. So I'm not condemning him in any stretch of the imagination. But I can only speak for myself here when I say this. And please keep this in context. As I walk with God, I want my faith to be more like Abraham than Gideon. When God says, Rick, I want you to, I want my faith to be such that I just say, okay, and do it. Isaac was spared. And a ram caught in a thicket provided the replacement. Now, I want to share something with you here because this is absolutely critical, not to just this story, but to the gospel message. What did Abraham call the place? Look in um, verse 14. He called it Jehovah Jireh. Do you know what Jehovah Jireh means? God will provide. Now, those of you that were here uh, a few weeks ago, we talked about this. The very mountain that God told Abraham to take Isaac to, to sacrifice him, what is that mountain called in the New Testament? Golgotha. God will provide. It is the very place in which Jesus Christ would many years later place himself on a cross and die the death for you and for me. Jehovah Jireh. God will provide. What an incredible, incredible truth. Now, obviously, I, I don't know this, but I'm, I'm guessing that Abraham had no idea of the impact of that word, or two, that's actually two words, when he named that place Jehovah Jireh, I don't know that Abraham understood the impact that that place would hold, not just into the future, but into eternity. Because it would be on that place that God would provide a lamb, Jesus Christ. On an altar of wood. John chapter 1, verse 36. And looking upon Jesus as he walked, 
he said, Behold, the Lamb of God. Who is this talking about? It says, and, and looking uh, uh, upon Jesus. Who is the one looking at Jesus? And who is the one that calls out and says, There's the Lamb of God. Who was that? John the Baptist. John the Baptist saw him coming and he said, There, there, God will provide a lamb. Some of you may remember this. In 2007, at Virginia Tech, there was a shooting. And a a young lady named Lauren McCain was killed on uh, April 16th of 2007 at Virginia Tech. She was a freshman from uh, uh, Shawnee, Oklahoma. But she left a powerful statement about her faith on her personal website. The 20-year-old had written this, The purpose and love of my life is Jesus Christ. I don't have to argue religion, philosophy, or history Uh, excuse me, or historical events because I know Him. The Lamb. Jesus Christ. 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 18 and 19. For as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold, for your conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but by the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish and without spot. The result of our faith. The result of Abraham's faith would set an example for generations to come. And we don't know we have no idea the impact that our faith has in the lives of those around us. We just don't know. Let me put it to you this way. Our lives will be a a positive influence in the lives of, of the people around us or It'll be a negative influence. It can't be both. It'll either be a positive or a negative influence. And really the choice is ours. So let me let me kind of bring all this to a to a head and kind of share my heart a little bit. I, I I um I, again, I have another uh, story I want to read you here. I think kind of kind of sums up what I've been trying to communicate. Luther Bridges, a pastor in the early 1900s, his wife, three boys were visiting family in Kentucky. After traveling over the rough Kentucky roads that brought them to Mrs. Bridges' parents' home, There was a happy reunion that ended rather late that night. Worn out from the trip and 
uh, excited, all fell asleep quickly that night. A restless neighbor glanced out the window and saw the bridge's home engulfed in flames. Running to wake the family, the neighbor uh, was only able to wake the grandparents and Pastor Bridges. Realizing his wife and three boys were still in the home, Pastor Bridges attempted to rescue them, only to be restrained as the house crumbled in flames. When the fire was over, Luther Bridges' wife and three boys were dead. What a tragedy. During the days of darkness and sorrow, Pastor Bridges remembered the promises, the, excuse me, the promise of the Lord found in Job 35:10. But none saith, "Where is God, my maker?" who giveth song in the night. It was during this time of heartache that Luther Bridges wrote, He Keeps Me Singing. It's an old uh, hymn. We can see how this pastor came through the testing, not with bitterness and questions, but with a greater strength and joy. And oftentimes, we all go through times of difficulties. We all go through trials, health problems, relational problems, and work problems. And I mean, you just, the problems are out there. We choose how we are going to come through these problems. We choose the faith in in God or not. Abraham, through his journey of life, came to a point where God asked of him his most precious possession. And he laid it on an altar and was willing to give it to him. just as Luther Bridges responded correctly to God's testing in his life, Abraham also responded correctly. And the challenge that I, that I, as I was sitting and I was putting all these thoughts together and at the, you know, trying to wrap my head around it all, and I, all I could think of was how am I going to respond? How am I going to respond when God asks the impossible of me? And I think that is a fair question for all of us to ask ourselves. How will we respond? God is still looking for people that will trust Him. We are all on a journey of faith, if you would. We will all experience trials and testings. It is just part of being human. It is part of growing. It is part of the journey, if you would. At the beginning of this this study, and I think it's been three or four weeks ago, 
I shared with you four thoughts that I was my goal to try to help us get to in this study. Four thoughts, four things that I wanted to communicate through the study. I hope I have. I, I really do hope that I accomplished this. But the first one is this, that our trials, excuse me, that our trail of faith is an important part of our Christian life. The trials of our faith is, is so critical to our walk with God. The second truth that I tried to communicate is that we need to learn how to respond to God's commands in our lives. I really hope I communicated that. Number three, our, tra- our, our trail of faith can often involve sacrifice. There are times in our lives and God is going to bring us to a point and He's going to say, hey, you know what? I need you to trust me, but I need you to give me that one thing that you're holding on to. I remember one time I was in a revival meeting uh, and and God was just just beating me up over some things and kind of like Brian was saying, <laughs> just so much. And But there was this one thing that I was holding on to, and I knew it. This one thing that I was holding on to, and I kept, I, and I told God, I said, God, I, I'm not giving this thing to you. I'm not, I'm not going to give it to you. And, but that was the one thing that He wanted for me. All the other stuff, I was, I'd go to the altar and I'd say, okay, you can have this and this and this and this and this, but you cannot have this. I'm here to tell you, I did not have peace in my heart and life until I gave that to God. Sometimes our trail of faith can involve sacrifice. And then the fourth one, learn to trust God to meet our needs. Learn to trust God to meet our needs. I hope that this study on the trail of Mount Moriah has been a help to you. It's been a, it was a good exercise for me to go through. I, I hope and pray that I communicated the, the thoughts that I wanted to. But it really boils down to this, learning to trust God. Just, it's, it sounds so simple. But if you've been saved for any amount of time, you know it's not always simple. But that's what he wants from us, just simple trust. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you again for this day. Thank you for your precious love. And Lord, the the example that you've given us uh, through the life of Abraham, what a blessing. Uh, Lord, I just ask that you would just have your way, that you would help us uh, this evening to leave here challenged in our thinking. Lord, help us to walk with you. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.